Hey everybody, this is Ryan with the Circle of Dads podcast. Welcome. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for listening to our show. Thank you for downloading it and sharing it with your friends and leaving us reviews. If you haven't done those things, I, I, would, I would ask you to please take the time and do that. Download us to your device, uh, subscribe, share with a friend if you get something out of this or if you think they would, and then um, leave us reviews and ratings. I mean, that stuff matters. It just takes a few seconds and it, and it really, it really pays off the big for us. I mean, that's how we get found. Uh, and it helps us grow our, grow our audience. You know, if you hear anything from anyone on, um, on this episode or on any of these episodes that you get something from, share it, share their Instagram, share them with other people, buy their products, you know, check them out. And that's, that's, that's how we're going to continue to grow and help each other. And, and when we help them, they help us and, and everybody wins. So speaking of that, on episode 35, we had Scott Hambrick of Online Great Books. And what that is, is it's a uh, program to where they send you a book. Um, you know, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle. Um, and then they walk you through the book. You know, and they kind of build you up to more complicated books. And I don't, I'm sure y'all have heard me talk in previous episodes that my education stopped pretty soon and pretty abrupt. When it comes to things like these, I've always been a little intimidated by it because it's like, damn, man, I mean, where do you even begin? And what they have done is they have made it to where anybody can read these books and they kind of walk you through and coach you through and and talk you through each of these works and now, listeners of Circle of Dads, if you go to onlinegreatbooks.com slash circle, you'll get 25% off the first three months of your subscription. And then it helps us out as well. Helps us, you know, pay for this show, pay for production costs. And then also, we've got another partner. There's a lot of CBD companies out there. Um, it's kind of like the wild, wild west. Everybody has a product. Uh, they're putting it in toothpaste and beer and toilet paper and just about everything. But it's hard to find good products and all that noise because where do you even begin? With Berkeley Gold, that's a Texas-based company that's nationally recognized. They're a CBD brand who offer healthy CBD options for all of your wellness needs. Berkeley Gold's current products include CBD tinctures, CBD gummies, topicals and cbd pet products i don't know about y'all but if, if any of y'all have a dog um, that's a little neurotic or gets a little jumpy like when you travel you know we tend to take 12 or 13 hour road trips um maybe once or twice a year and we take our dog with us and gus is is a majestic animal you know he's a german shepherd lab mix i mean he's most fucking handsome dog I've ever met, but he's big. He's like 110 pounds. He's seven years old and he's a sweetheart. But when he's walking back and forth in my truck, just pacing across the back seat, it's not a lot of fun. And especially not if anybody's back there with him. So these CBD gummies kind of help him calm down a little bit and they don't hurt the dog. They don't make them, they don't give them anxiety. Uh, the ones with the THC do. So if you're giving your dog gummies and they have uh, THC in them. It's not real good for them. This is a company that has all pharmacist formulated products. They don't just throw some stuff together. Everything is 100% USA organic. They're lab tested to ensure consistency and transparency from seed to shelf. If you want to learn more about Berkeley Gold, 
and their comprehensive line of THC-free CBD products, please go to www.berkeleygoldcbd.com. That's B-E-R-K-E-L-E-Y-G-O-L-D-C-B-D.com. Or you can follow them on Instagram at berkeley underscore gold and Facebook berkeley gold LTD. Also, Circle of Dads listeners, um, if you type in circle15 at checkout, you'll get 15% off your order, and then that helps us. Helps them, helps us, helps you, everybody wins. Okay, I got all that out of the way. And it's really, I shouldn't even say out of the way because I'm just super grateful to have partners like this and have uh, sponsorship opportunities. That means things are going good. Oh, hello. (laughs) Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. compensate for everything it's just like man that's not what i but when i see guys that are bringing light and positivity i'm like i want to talk to that dude so here we are i appreciate that which is perfect timing because now he's got all set up well excellent man well welcome so welcome thank you so much for coming on to the circle of dads um it's a pleasure to meet you uh i'm here with julian of street parking do you want to introduce yourself Sure. Um, sorry for the instability of connection really quick, but there we go. Okay, so my name is Julian Alcaraz. I was born in Central Cali. I moved to Tillamook, Oregon. I was around 14, had no dreams. And so I got kind of placed into acting. And so I moved to LA to be, try to attempt to become an actor at about 17. And then I realized that it still didn't bring me happiness. I found CrossFit and I just love fitness in general. Fast forward, then I realized CrossFit wasn't longevity. I met my wife, whose name is Miranda. And now we have, uh, a, we started our own business together. We have one boy, healthy boy, that's two and a half. And we have another boy on the way. And now we own a business called Street Parking. We live in Vancouver, Washington. And that's pretty much like a, short version well i've got a you know i'm from texas which is like 80 percent hispanic and i said julian like a dick is so it's julian oh it's okay yeah it's julian but it's totally fine every you know not to worry right on well um and y'all's business let's talk about that because it's such a phenomenal concept um you know it's not there's a lot of people that that do similar things that do online coaching and things like that. But what y'all really have is kind of a community that is um, open to everyone, man, woman, child, someone just getting into CrossFit, someone just getting off the couch, someone that has hotel weight, someone that doesn't have any weight, someone that's got a full gym. And then y'all offer that at an amazing price. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. Every time I see that little key sticker, I'll see it, and, and I'll see them down here in Texas. I'm like, oh, shit, I need to get one of those because it's it's just so – I love that, you know, how you see everybody in the club, you know, and then y'all's online community and the way everybody uh, – I mean, I come from a CrossFit background, so naturally I'm attracted to that type of thing. How'd y'all come, how'd y'all come up with that? 
So it all started with like in 2000. So 2016, I didn't qualify to the CrossFit Games. And then I realized, wow, this is reality. Well, really. In 2015, I made it. 2016, I did. 2017, like that window, you know, I had me and Brent have been dating for a bit now. And I was side hustling. I was doing like a meal prep business. We were making meals out of the garage. And then I got to the point where I realized I was like, I can't put all my energy into training anymore. Like, it's just not sustainable. I have no I, acting is great to kind of tell people you're doing something. It was mostly like a way for me to tell somebody that I still had something to pursue. When in reality, like I wasn't even pursuing that at the time because I fell in love, with, you know, CrossFit. And then and Miranda was traveling a lot. We got to the point where we got really busy. I pushed on my meal prep business. And then we moved in together and then we just kind of got to a point where like any, you try to travel five miles anywhere. in so, so Cal, it's like a 30 minute drive, you know? So we're like, wow, I started training from um, the garage and I, I, before we even moved in together, I started working out in my driveway and with my cousin and then Miranda was traveling a lot. So she would do a lot of her workouts in a hotel gym or whatever. And, She's like, hey, like we should start like an online fitness program called Street Parking and just kind of post our workouts. Because when I would post these workouts or she would post these workouts on her social media that was just so simple and relatable because one, we were in our driveway. Like there was nothing fancy about it, right? People really latched onto that. Like people would comment and tag their friends, like let's do this. Like, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And Miranda's like, we should do this. and. When we moved in together, it was our plan to just kind of get a couple members to pay our bills as she still worked for Progenics and CrossFit. And I had my meal prep business and was learning that that's just not a good idea in general. Um, and then next thing you know, when we launched it our first month, we had like 700 people sign up and we're like, what? So once we got to that point, we started realizing like, obviously like it was such a new business. It was like one month in. We were just filming everything through our iPhones. We were just posting simple workouts. I mean, and we just kind of stuck to it. And once we noticed, like, we had goals where I told Miranda, if we get to, you know, this many members, like, you should not go back to Progenics or CrossFit because, like, you don't need it. I think we're okay. And then it just evolved from there. Then we just kind of – and then I sold my meal prep business. We had Knox, like, which was a big deal, um, you know, because at the time, you know, I was training and I – qualified for the games and then I was like no no thank you um that was a big move that was a big step as well um that showed people like where, where our mindset was at and what we kind of valued more than anything and we just kind of stuck to it. it that was like our goodbye for both of us when it came to like competing and like just being involved in that scene heavily um it will always hold a place in our hearts for sure but like that was our foundation that's what got us to where we're at now um but we've seen it all We've seen at the highest level, you know, we've tested workouts. We've done thousands of workouts personally. I think me and Miranda are both masters at when it comes to working out at this point, because we've definitely been around fitness for at least 10,000 plus hours, you know? And once we realized what was actually necessary to stay for the longevity of life, that's when I think we became really relatable. Street parking was a platform that we knew that, consistency and more than nothing is our message you know we wanted to show people the simplicity of just staying consistent and what it takes to be consistent and it's just kind of 
we've stuck to our message. We're going on year four now. And we know we have an amazing staff here that takes care of the community as much as Brandon and myself. Our community, as far as memberships, uh, I mean, they're a family. Like, they really guard this community and they feel so involved because we created a business around our lifestyle, not the other way around. And I yeah. think that's what happens with a lot of people. Um, they change their lifestyle to be part of a business. And it's like, no, we created a business around our lifestyle. And it's been um, an amazing journey. I, th- I think it's phenomenal, too, especially if, if um, you know, because... It- there's a lot of people that were attracted to the cross. Well, don't even want to compare the two because, um, but as far as being able to do it in your, with what you have within an hour with your friends in your, in your garage or wherever you're at, um, and then maintain any kind of LP that you're trying to achieve or, or if you're following a program and people that travel a lot, you know, it's hard because you would, I would travel and I'd be following my gym program with my coach and then you travel and it's like, uh, shit, you try to find something on the hotel wads app or whatever it was. And, and nothing, I mean, it just didn't, by the time you got back, you were completely back to not where you started, but you were, you kind of missed a, uh, missed a beat and it's hard to rebound from stuff like that. And so with y'all's, it just kind of extends wherever you're at. I really like that. I, I enjoy it very much. I gotta say too, it was kind of hard for me as well to detach from the competitor mindset. That was like a journey in itself. And I think that's something that even our community taught myself and Miranda, like how when we saw them and like we would pitch this, like, hey, you guys can do this just more. Than, and then you would see these moms or dads like just working out in their living rooms while their kids took a nap or they were just kind of doing like, hey, like we were motivating them. And then they in turn were motivating us and myself because I had this thing where like people kept asking me like, when are you coming back to competing? Like you, you can go out there, you can crush it. It's like, so that kind of weighed on me. And I had, it took me a while to let that go. I'm like, I have nothing to prove anymore. And if anything, like I'm in it for the longevity of life and making fitness fun again, because you get so consumed in the over the topness of programming that you forget how simple it really is. And that has been really fun to like, you know, we're like, Hey, like we got, if we're traveling and we got the crew with us, we're like, all right, let's go knock out the SP workout and just boom, done. We go live, show the members that we're part of the community with them. And this is truly what we do. And then it just feels great adding simplicity back into fitness. And they've taught just as much as we've taught them. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to continue going and living life and doing other stuff and not obsessing about getting to the gym and getting that done. And it's just get there, get it done, follow it. It's easy, go and then do your own thing, which a lot, a lot of guys that I know that get busy, you know, um, for whatever reason, they, they quit working out has always been, um, has been a non-negotiable for me for, you know, a decade now because I've got introduced to CrossFit 10 years ago or whatever it was. And, or yeah, 10 or 11 years ago. And, and, and then ever since I found it, I was like, oh man, this is the new drug. You know, this is, I could not get enough, but unfortunately, you know, you, you can do too much and then burn out and it makes it not fun again. And then, yeah. you know, so I would constantly be training, doing something or exercising, whether I was training for something or just moving and trying not to go crazy that day. But then I'd have friends or buddies that life got busy, soccer games for their kids and then this and then that. And they, you know, they'd get to a real good place kind of 
where they were in shape, feeling good. Life was getting good. You know, hormones were good. Everything was good. And then life takes over and then they just, and, and it just, now life is happening to them instead of them participating in their own life, you know? And so seeing something like y'all's programming that allows anyone to do it anywhere with whatever they have. And I, I just think it's great. I mean, I love the model. Thank you. And so thank you. Y'all've got um y'all've got another child on the way. We have another baby boy on the way. He'll he'll his our due date is April twenty fifth. So that's pretty exciting. So somewhere around that window. Um, you know, and where everything's set. Like we have a appointment today at the we're having him at a midwife, like the same approach we took with uh Knox. So you know, it's a good feeling. Like I'm excited. There was something that I, about this pregnancy that, because when we were first waiting to, for the gender reveal, there was something in me that I knew, like, I knew I was going to have another boy. Like I, there was just that feeling. I'm like, as much as like, uh, I was, there, you know, I was just kind of torn. I would have been happy either way. I, you know, boys I know, you know, and I've never had a sister. Um, my brother actually has two daughters. He got the two girls and I got the two boys, you know? And so I'm excited for this journey. How, how, how was it when you first found out you were going to be a dad? Well, with, it's been, you know, with, with Knox, it was like a little unreal. Um, I don't think it really hits you until like, you're like a couple weeks out of, you know, baby being born because you're like, all right, like, you know, wife is super pregnant and it's very noticeable. You can see the baby moving. Um, you can feel him. You're like, okay, all right. And then like you, you start getting the nursery ready, like all the, the baby shopping and all the, you know, the baby bottles and all that. That's when it really hits for sure. And then, you know, being there, um, for the day he was born was so special. I remember that day is forever ingrained in my, in my head. I will never forget that day. Um, it was so clear for me and it was very special, you know, and, um, the journey, I, I love the separation of Knox and baby number two, because, you know, it's allowed us to really have a relationship with Knox and learn lots in the process of him. Cause he'll be almost maybe three months shy of being three years old. So like, there's a lot of development that happens in there. So with this, with second baby on the way, um, it changed me in a different way where you kind of get comfortable having one. And then you're like, oh man, like I'm going to be a father of two boys or just a second child. Now it was definitely another reality check for me. And when the day we found out, I had a moment of panic almost because I was like, oh my goodness, like you can't stop learning. I mean, you can, it's up to you. But for me, the person that I am, I was like, what kind of father do you want to be for your boys? And I had a moment of anxiety. I was like, I have so much to learn, you know, um, because it's kind of true. You end up becoming like, you know, like a little scientist, a philosopher and, and a chef. And you just like, you want to teach them everything possible. Um, and it just got me excited to learn again because like, having the two little boys, you know, in this journey and everything like, uh, it pumps me up. It really it just keeps me focused. When you found out that you were going to be a dad, um, did you have any, um, 
I don't want to say blind spots, but did you have any areas that you knew you needed to work on? Were you, I mean, were you ready? Were you the guy? Were you the guy to be a dad at that moment? Or were you like, oh, shit, I really got to clean some stuff up? I think that when it came to being a father, I think I was ready. Where I knew I needed to clear a lot of things up was within the relationship between me and Miranda. Communication, ego, right? Because when baby's born, like, you you just kind of be present. And I, that was my, that's my approach to a lot of things is like, you learn something's like so foreign, you just kind of learn as you go, you know, like, don't overthink it, let it just happen. Um, and just be and learn, right. Um, with um, but then I realized that communication needed to be cleared up between Miranda and myself, one, because you kind of got start going into parenting styles, um, you know, because we both grew up completely different, you know? So that's the things that, those are the things that I had to really, really clear up. Yeah. That's difficult. You know, if you don't talk about it, if you just kind of operate <clears throat> because yeah, with training and eating and, and um, traveling and living and all those other things that, that obviously y'all are pretty, pretty compatible, you know, because that, or y'all wouldn't be married, hopefully. You know, I mean, yeah. all, all those things seem to work out and you've kind of got your rhythm together and you know, you know what she likes, you know what she doesn't like for the most part. And there's not those triggers and there's not this other person. So this other person shows up and then you all of a sudden take second seat to the kid because a mom is doing the moms, you know, what moms do. And, mm-hmm. and then, like you said, different parenting styles, that's a whole new thing. Because it comes up and you don't even realize it's a thing. You're fighting over something. You you don't even know why you're butt- button heads. And then it takes work to be like, oh, wait a minute. She was raised completely different. Her idea is completely different than mine of what um, a healthy relationship with your child is supposed to look like. Oh, yeah. Because I think that in that sense, like when you take a moment to observe your child, they're so happy. Like they don't know, they're like developing motions as they're kind of growing up. But at the end of the day, they're just so present. Like you watch your children as they grow and you're like, wow, they, you wish the best for them. And you're like, that's why they say like never grow up because you're just so consumed with what's around them. Something makes them mad. They're over it within like five minutes and they move on to the next thing. You know, I think as parents, that's the most important thing because that's where you have to really I would say the fur, you know, one, because baby either get lucky and you get a baby that sleeps or you don't. And we got the one that did not sleep. So not only did we have a newborn baby, we had a new business. We had our relation, the first year of marriage, which is supposed to be the hardest, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, Man, that was really, really hard to say that it was rainbows and butterfly would be a complete lie because that was one of the most challenging years of my life because just with lack of sleep alone, you know, you react very emotional as opposed to rational. And, you know, Miranda as is, is a very emotional person. And it got that actually pushed me to the point where I was like, okay, you have to, because you just feel so defeated. You know, you're constantly arguing. You, I felt it. I was like, I don't even like, why am I being mean to you? Or like just things that were happening. Like, this doesn't even make sense. Like, why are we even arguing about this? And you start realizing like you're not sleeping. And so then I got to a point where I was like, you know, I knew I was bad at communicating because the moment I stopped to listen and ask, listen to her and saying like, what is it that I'm doing wrong? Uh, And it's hard because you obviously have to bite your tongue 
And as men, we're like, we like to always be right. And we don't like hearing that we're wrong. Sure. Um, but when you can let go of that, and I started reading books, you know, self-development ones, and then it led into like, you know, psychological books as well, like all those things. And I started reading like, you know, the five love languages, all those things were like pieces that helped in this relationship now, because all those books end up talking about look within and stop looking and blaming the other person for what they're bringing to the table. Like you, you can either choose to change for yourself and keep enjoying this relationship that you're in and learn how to communicate, or you're just going to go downhill. And in turn, it helped me not only communicate with Miranda, but it also helped me communicate with our community and the staff around us. All right. Um, number one thing you just got to do is shut up and listen. Yeah. For, and yeah. The, uh, you, you, mm-hmm. just, you, uh, you mentioned the five love languages and that's, um, man, that's super important to any guys out there that are listening because I've mentioned that to men before because guys, you know, uh, typically alpha males or, or, uh, guys that have a lot of bravado or whatever it may be, they don't typically hear that kind of stuff. They're like, no. what, man, get out of here. I know what her love yeah. language is. I pay the bills. And it's like, yeah, that's probably yeah. why you're not getting laid, buddy. You know, I mean, you have to learn yeah. how to speak to your woman, what she's saying. Um, the I mean, your your wife is your partner. Like, that's your queen. She is not mm-hmm. your servant, and you, and you are not her servant. Like, there's y'all are equals, and you've got to learn. Mm-hmm. Y'all are equal but different because y'all are both have roles, and you've got to learn that what makes her tick and what she responds to. I, I tell people all the time, like I, I could show up with a, a Rolex for my watch and she would be very, or a, a Rolex for my wife and she would be very grateful, but it's not going to fire. I mean, she's not going to like, uh, start clawing at me for it, but if she shows up and I'm doing the dishes, that's a whole different story. Then she's turned on, then she's ready to go. That, that speaks to her, you know, and, and the way we communicate in the way that, you know, she learned what was important to me and vice versa. I cannot, I cannot encourage that enough for men and women to take, to study the five love languages. So that's, oh, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah, it was so good because then it also allowed me to relook, reflect and under trying to figure out what mine was. And then that was a communic- that was a conversation that we were able to have because we'd get into like her love language was uh, it's like uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. While mine um, is, I think, acts of service and also in quality time. So, I mean, we're different. And the thing is, we'd get in arguments in these times of not being rational. And she's like, I feel like you don't love me. You know, um, you know, you were not the same you were and this and this and that. And I'm like, here I am arguing with her, trying to tell her, I love you, but you don't believe me. And I feel like that's a like argument people get into. They argue because you're, they're not being loved the way like they express love, right? So understanding the love languages was a big deal because then I told her, I was like, hey, look, I think that this is my love language, clearly, because like every morning I'll break, make breakfast for you. I bring you coffee. I'll do access service for her and the people around me and quality time. Like I just need like five minutes, 10 minutes of like just moments alone where we can just have a good conversation. We don't need to go anywhere. Like we don't need to spend money and go on trips and things like that. I just want quality time. And when I realized that I wasn't giving Miranda words of affirmation, I was serving her with acts of service. You see, like once you start figuring that out, you're like, 
you become in a better place with your, you get in a better place with your relationship and you start realizing, oh, this person does love me. I just need to learn how to apply their love language when I give it to them. So it's, that, was a good, that was special. It's literally a language because, I mean, you're speaking your language to her and she doesn't understand it because exactly. that's what you are used to hearing. That's what you want. And, I mean, not even knowing what it was, you just automatically do that because it's like, I would feel loved if someone did this for me. And then vice versa, because my wife and I had the same, the same stuff. And so we had to, we had to work through all that. And then once you figure it out, it's like getting a decoder ring for your wife. Oh yeah. And life gets so much easier. It's so much easier. And especially, you know, once you introduce a business and then kids and then, you know, life continues, mortgages and all the other stuff that happens, if you're not communicating with them the way they can hear it, then you're setting yourself up to fail. Oh yeah. Has there been any blind spots that, that have been brought up to you that you're like, Holy shit, I didn't even know that was an issue. And what I mean is like certain things. And if you don't want to talk about them, we can just edit this out. But, um, no, it's totally fine. Yeah. Blind spots. I would say what it was early on. It was faced early on. And it was definitely the relationship I had with my family, like my brother and my mom specifically, and realizing how much that was influencing a lot of the choices that I was making back in the early days of me and her dating. And once I kind of learned to address that, like we went to, we were seeing a therapist like twice a week in like after the first year of, of us just dating, because I knew that I had a lot of things that I had to address because I was very insecure about my ability as a person and my confidence as an individual. Like I, I portrayed being super confident, but not in the right way. Right. Um, and once I was able to like humble myself and just admit that I was struggling with certain things and realizing what my value was, that's when I was able to work on it and get to a point where I'm now. And even now I realized like, no, always stay humble. Like you have so much to learn that you don't realize, you know, and the minute you stop learning or trying to be a better version of yourself, that's when problems start catching up to you and you won't know how to face them. Yeah. You rest on your laurels. And then that's when, um, that's when you start to backslide, you start to go back into those mm-hmm. old behaviors and then uh, whether it's destructive or, or non-productive or whatever it may be. Um, you have to always try to, con- it's just like training. I mean, you're not going to get into shape and then stay that way if you don't do anything else. You have to continue doing something. You have to continue with that um, voluntary hardship, so to speak. How are y'all preparing yourselves for the second baby? Like, is there a big shift in the house? Is it? Yeah, so, I mean, it's a big shift for sure because we're doing a remodel, which is Miranda went nesting. Like, she went hard with nesting this time around. Um, which is good though. Like luckily, you know, where we're at in our lives right now, we're, we're very fortunate, which is great. Um, and, um, we're making sure that one, our staff is being taken care of. Um, my mom's full-time nanny when it comes to Knox and she will be helping us out. We just were able to purchase a home for her. That's about a mile away from us. Um, so we've been able to, that's another thing when you start really like working on yourself, you start 
you put yourself in a better position to, to one, not spend money on things that are necessary and spend it on the things that actually truly matter. Um, you set yourself up so that way you don't have many stresses. And when you start getting to a point where you can educate yourself financially, um, as well, you start making better moves, um, financial decisions and plan for the long term, and all those things. Like I knew Miranda didn't like, like she crushes it when it comes to street parking. Like when it comes to marketing, I've learned so much from her. So in realizing what her strengths were and my weaknesses, I'm like, Hey, like take the reins here. Like that's where you have to see yourselves as equals. And I'm like, cool, you excel and you crush it here. Why would I want to, because I felt myself at certain points, like my ego was getting in the way and I was becoming envious. I was like, but why? Like you guys are in this together, but it was just like, those are the things that I had to work on myself. And like, then once I was able to overcome that, I would just tell her we'd have, you know, cause we have date night once a week. I'm like, Hey, I'm super proud of you. You know, just know this is the route that I'm going to be taking while you don't like doing these financial things and looking into like our, you know, even potential real estate, things like that. I kind of enjoy learning that stuff. Um, so I went that route and then still assisted with other parts of the business. You just kind of get to a point where you know who crushes it where and then perfect. And then I'm going to go here and every day we just communicate during over dinner and just kind of keep ourselves on the same page. Um, but it's been, it's been a good give and take for sure. It's been a good give and take. You know, that's the whole deal about building your empire together. And, you know, even if empire sounds grandiose, it's just um, if it's y'all's together, then that's what you're building. You're building your 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 world for your family. And so if you keep trying to tug at stuff you're not good at, then you're going to mm-hmm. keep hampering the um, the progression of it. So being able to delegate and find what you're good at and y'all separating your egos and going – and doing separate things is how that you, I mean, like you said it, I mean, this is being redundant, but that's really how you grow as a couple and how you become more powerful as a couple and how you can have this amazing life instead of, um, being chronically stuck in that, um, poverish thinking of scarcity. Of course, you know, like Like we took a risk, right? Like, you know, street park, that's the thing about being an entrepreneur, right? You start a business and you don't know where it's going to be at, right? Like so much can change, but you, we knew when it was like, when we're like, if we get to 1500 members, I sat down with her and like, look, you should let Progenix go. I think we'll be okay. I think we got this. And because you know, the one thing that I will say in order for you to fully do great at something, you have to fully commit. And we had a chance at that point, uh, we had to make a decision at that point, like, do we fully commit to this and see where it goes? Or do we forever feel like we need to have a plan B and get stuck and now focus our attention doing somebody else's business or our business? And we're like, no, this is our time to commit. And we went for it. And it's paying off, you know, Um, because when you take that jump, like you, that's all you have. You're like, I'm going to give it my all. So I... There is no shortcut for people that are listening to this episode. I always am very honest. There is no shortcut to getting somewhere, but you can definitely speed up the process if you fully commit. And this applies to anything in life, right? Once you realize that, oh, there actually is a shortcut. You can actually isolate yourself and be completely left alone and lock yourself in a room and do whatever it is you need to do. And even that's going to take you one, two, three years. That's the shortcut, right? Well, that's the The main reality. Yeah. The reality is like, we're not in that position, right? So when you realize that things just take time 
and all successful people will tell you this, it, take, it took them 10, 15, 20 years to get where they were. And people get all discouraged and unmotivated because no one wants to hear that something's going to take 10, 15, 20 years, right? But when you're like, you know what? Again, same thing that we apply to street parking. More than nothing, consistency is the key. You Not only are you going to be crushing your personal fitness goals or whatever, but apply that mindset to everything else in life and you're going to be okay. Like, that's it. And one of the most difficult things you can do is start a business. And then to start it and and have two entrepreneurs in the house to where both of you, your your survival depends 100% on the survival of that project. You know, if you're not mm-hmm. committed, if one guy's off like wanting to be a hot shot and have fun and act like he's a baller way before he, he actually is, and then the other person is at home doing all the work, mm-hmm. it's going to blow up real quick. Oh yeah. And that that's the whole deal about being a team and, and learning how to stick together. Um, yeah. And you can't do that without doing the work. You can't do that without learning how to check your ego and, and figure out things like, um, do I want to be right or do I want to be happy? Someone told me that years ago yeah. and I was like, that's stupid, man. And then I got married and it was like, <laughs> I get that oh, yeah. now. And if I hadn't with my mm-hmm. wife, you I know, think too. That when it comes to like um, that, right? Because there's one thing that like kind of really irritates me a little bit when people say like, oh, you know, what's the key to marriage? Happy wife, happy life. It's like, I'm at a point now where it's like, you know, that's not true because if both of you guys, only one person's happy and you're doing what it takes to just make that person happy, well, good luck trying to stay in a, that's why the divorce rates are so high nowadays it's like you know both people have to be happy in the relationship you oh know? yeah well it's such an old school mentality thing to say it's like yeah make your wife happy but also at the end of the day like you have to do whatever it takes to make yourself happy and be genuine with that because if you're not happy how are you going to make the people around you happy yeah right? there's time and a force to put like your wife's feelings first and you know evaluate that but if that if that's like where the pendulum is shifting to always then the man himself feels like, well, how do I express myself? I don't, where's my say in anything? And then he starts going elsewhere, you know? So like, just be kind to yourself as a father as well. And as a husband and know that a relationship is an equal thing, you know? And that's one of the things that I really appreciated. There's a book called the mastery of love. You know, you can't put your happiness in somebody else's hands, right? Um, the minute you do that, then you depend on that person for your happiness and you shouldn't depend on somebody else for that. You should create an environment that allows you to be happy to fully, fully bring the people around you in a place of happiness, right? That to me made so much sense because I'm like, you know what? Yeah, like that, that to me, I can hold on to because I naturally, I like being a happy person. And when I'm feeling happy, I'm going to the freaking Costco. I'm buying my wife some flowers. I'm going to like Target or there'll be the little things that pop into my head. Like, you know what? Let me grab her a note. That's no special occasion, but let me just grab her a postcard and give her, write her a letter and say, I love you. And, you know, be happy and create your own happiness. And I guarantee you, your happy wife is just going to be a part of that. And, you know, and if that person can adopt that mindset as well, then you both are really, really setting yourself up for a path to success when it comes to a marriage for sure. But it's a hard hard thing to get to that mindset because 
people take advantage of it. Yeah, the you know, and the whole deal about uh, to be right or to be happy or to be right, to me, more speaks to are you or do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Speaks to me about ego and as far as like you just wanting to win an argument. You know what I'm saying? As far as the happy wife, happy life thing, I've never subscribed to that because then you're just becoming (laughs) subservient to her. And also on the flip side, you know, I agree with what you said about how everybody needs to make themselves happy because nobody is responsible for your happiness. However, if you're always having to, if your wife is always having to do whatever to make you happy, then what kind of, you know, uh, scared life is she living to where she doesn't have a voice? So if you're living with someone that you have to keep happy all the time, there's a huge problem. Like there's, there's a huge problem. And if, if they're not willing to see their, uh, their role in that problem, I'm not saying get a divorce, but what you do, in my opinion, is you start seeking therapy on your own. You start seeking help on your own and then they will either lead or they'll either follow what you're doing or you'll end up in such a place that no matter what happens that relationship you'll be okay and you can make the decision like hey man you're an asshole i don't want to live with you anymore like you are not willing to work on this and i want to go do something else but yeah that whole deal with happy wife happy life thing has never been a uh, I've never been a fan it of that. It falls in line with the same thing when people ask, like, who wears the pants in a relationship? That question gets me so irritated. It's like, clearly, if you're having to ask something like that, you have issues. Yeah. You know, because, like, again, it comes back to equality, right? Um, you know, I would say that's the most important thing. And that's why marriage is one of the hardest things that you can go through, right? Because, you know, you either realize where your weaknesses are or what you know triggers your ego and things like that and you work on that um or you don't and you know then there's the consequences of that right and that's the thing you know with these boys being so young you know they look to our relationship for lots of answers you know and if you don't take the time to work on that then like they're not going to have a great example for life if you you treat their mom Uh, bad if you're like lording over their mom and telling, and she's skittish and running around waiting on you hand and foot, how do you think they're going to be? Yeah. Oh yeah. I love the fact that Miranda is so, and that's the thing too, when it comes to a journey, right? Like people look at street parking and they think that, Oh, it's just happened. Like, and you know, Oh, they got lucky. It just hit. But it's like, if you look back to uh, both the story of Miranda and myself, like we like gave, we committed to creating our story in CrossFit as individuals, you know, as athletes, sure, you know, and everything that we've done beforehand to get to that point, you know? Um, so I love the fact that like Miranda, so smart. I learned, she pushed me to become better because I knew there was stages where I was like feeling insecure. I was like, man, she knows so much more than me. And I was getting like insecure about it. But then it was that moment that I was like, F that, like, why are you, why don't you just go read some, like go, if you're feeling like you're struggling, that's what pushed me into reading books. And now I love it, right? There's nothing that I feel like I can't learn by picking up books or watching videos or things like that. And in turn, it's allowed for better conversation. Another thing to kind of share with her and get excited to share. You know, I love the fact that she's so smart and she, her creative brain and everything. Like now that is no longer a means of intimidation. I th- I feed off of that and I'm like, heck yeah. Like it feels great 
to have that, you know, and sometimes I feel like men in this day and age like to feel superior to their wives. It's like, man, if you only knew what this route looked like in maybe, you know, um, you'd be setting yourself up for a little bit more longevity. Cause you're oppressing your partner. You're, you're keeping your partner squashed because yeah. you feel insecure and you feel less than, so you're keeping them squashed so that they can't reach a certain potential so you can continue to feel like you're better than or above, right. or at least that's been my experience and what I've, what I've, um, observed. And it, and it's a shame because once you see, like, I could have never gotten to where I'm at today without my wife ever. Mm-hmm. Like she's just, she was the perfect compliment. Like we, we met and as soon as we met, it was like this whole new world opened up and then we just continued to build each other up and there's never yeah. a negative word. We, we don't, we're not critical to each other. We, we speak to each other uh, with love and empathy and, and, you know, we both continue to work on our own stuff separately and, um, and it's just become a beautiful thing, but having a partner, having a wife that you're equal to where you go, my wife is my best friend. I, I yeah. go to my wife with a lot of decisions that I'm feeling insecure about, or that I'm feeling conflicted about, you know, I talk to her about business, uh, you know, obviously finances and, um, just all kinds of things because I trust her because I know how brilliant she is and how confident and self-assured and how she has this whole other life experience that I, that I, that I lack. Um, and I, it's just, you guys are selling themselves short and it's such a, yeah. it's such a uh, hard thing to see. And it's like, man, come on, dude, why would you do that? But, but people, a lot of times they can't even see it until they start doing the work and going down the path of self-discovery. And then it's like, oops, <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, well, uh, man, I, I really enjoyed getting a chance to, to rap with you and talk and get to know you. And, um, so what's on the horizon for you guys? Well, right now we're definitely really excited to meet our baby boy. Sure. Um, making sure like, healthy delivery and everything goes well because, you know, um, birth is a, is a miracle. It really is after experiencing it for the first time and, you know, being there, um, so that is always like um, uh, something that it'd be a weight lifted off our shoulder. I'm just excited. We're just excited to meet our boy. Um, and then, but when it comes to street parking, like honestly, you know, um, we're in it for the long-term game. You know, we're not going to change anything about our messaging. We're not going to feel the need to be over the top of anything. We're just going to be continuing to build relationships, one person, one member at a time and just with our whole crew. So yeah, that's, that's it you know just keep keep on doing what we're doing well i think the way y'all are doing in street parking is perfect now if it matters there's one opinion i think it's perfect i appreciate that i mean it does mean a lot you know and that it is reaching far and wide and um because again those are like the insecurities that like i had a while ago um like who's going to listen to me or who's going to listen to us both Moran and myself sometimes have those but you know, it's becoming more clear that like we have a voice that that uh, people listen to, and we just want to make sure that we continue to be as honest as possible and not take advantage of that. And so, it's been it's been great. So thank you for sharing that. So y'all can be where can they find you guys? Uh, I love I follow both of y'all on Instagram. I like watching um, how y'all talk about each other on Instagram. It's so loving and supportive, and 
and it's just it's it's cool to watch you know because as um as i found as you get older finding other um it's difficult it's been my mine and my wife's experience that it's difficult to find other couples that you want to be around because it's like god man she really is mean to him or vice versa and so seeing that too on social media it's like you don't want to i mean it's just not it's not a positive thing but to see that y'all are couples that seem to uplift each other and support each other and 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 y'all are in it together as a team it's just refreshing it's awesome and i love seeing it so good for y'all i'm 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 happy and uh, i'm super glad for all of y'all's success and i hope you continue to thrive and it continues to grow and that y'all it just i just wish everything but the best for you guys I really appreciate that. Thank you. And thank you for having me. So you guys can find us um, when it comes to our business, streetparking.com. Um, our social media handles are 009Julian um, and Miranda's is Fearless Miranda. And uh, we're very open. Um, and we respond pretty well. Um, just shoot us a DM or something. and um, We'd love to help anybody when it comes to, you know, asking questions about whatever. And we do our best to answer that. So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time, Julian. I appreciate it. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. See you, buddy. See ya. Well, we just sat down with Julian from, uh, Julian, not Julian, Julian from Street Parking. And um, just a plug for them. They didn't ask me to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, Street Parking is an amazing, amazing source um, for programming. And whether you are an experienced CrossFitter, uh, home gym uh, worker, outer exerciser, or if you're just getting into CrossFit or you're coming back from an injury or if you have a lot of equipment or if you don't have any equipment, their, uh, their website is amazing. It's not expensive. It's consistent. It's simple. It's doable for everybody. It's got great uh, scaling options. There's a ton of options. Uh, uh, great modifications. You know, if it's raining outside, you know, don't run, row. If you don't have a road, rower, do this. And it's and it just great explanations. It's not a beat down. It's not two hours of, you know, um, snatch balance and and all just all this other crazy stuff that you just spend a lot of time in the gym just getting beat up. Because if you're not a competitive CrossFitter, um, you don't really need to do that. Uh, so check them out at streetparking.com. You do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. Love runs downhill. We chase those kids till the day we die. This is Ryan. Thank you so much for listening.